morning, good afternoon, hello everybody. Just picking up my co-host Harms, who is talking to his darling wife off camera. Hello, yeah, she's in the she's in the office with me today, so I'm going to try not to disturb her too much. She just gave me a, a yellow tic tac. Is that a good one? Is that a bad one? I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't, yeah. It's an, it's, um, an ambiguous tic tac. It's it's tangy. Okay. Oh, if you're in America, you might not know what tic tacs are. Do they have tic tacs? I don't know what they have in America anymore. I should, I should know. I'm the one who's lived in America for years, but <laughs> only vacation there. Vacationed? Yeah, that's an yeah. American term. Only only gone to gone on holiday there. But uh, yeah, I don't know what they do now. They just fill my news feed with uh, with uh, uh, news. Horror. That's <laughs> great. Wednesday. Hello, welcome to Wednesday at the BDO show. Yeah, today we are talking about ebook creation, Tic Tacs, and how the USA are dominating our news feeds. But besides that, we're talking about how to uh, create an ebook from start to finish in order, and thank God I've got this diagram, I haven't sketched over it by now, but how to create an ebook which plugs into the start of your value ladder as an entry point for your potential customers who will later purchase more expensive products from you. Now, follow along with the week. We're now Wednesday. We're now midweek talking about this topic. So what I'm going to do is just catch you up from yesterday. Yesterday, we spoke about determining what our book will be about. And the way we did that is we understood that the market is the market and they're indifferent to our personal opinions. So what we need to do is work out what problem the market and the people within the market have and solve their problems. Now, yesterday we, we looked at identifying keywords within a, within a process and Carl took you through a screen share of how you do that step by step. And those keywords, and again, this will make sense if you watch yesterday's show, those keywords will give us a hint on what our book will be about a big, big hint. And remember yesterday, we identified some words that just had a higher frequency, which means they were very common and they appeared commonly. Words like how to and guide to. Um, and this is almost a, a process kind of phrase. How do you do something? A guide to do something. And we saw this again and again. Now, the more data you put in, the higher frequency of words will come out. So yesterday we did an experiment, we put between 10 to 20 titles in there um, through the tool that we used. And we gave you a free tool and a paid tool. So go check that out as well. Then what, we're gonna, what we did was we married our expertise, what we have an interest in, what we spent time in, with the problem that the market has and found something in between. And that in between point was an Amazon category specifically two to three Amazon categories that we will now talk about our topic within. What our book is about will live within these categories. So that's yesterday. So if at the end of yesterday you were, you were left with a title, that, that was probably the big takeaway, the title and the category, the title of what my book should be about and the category in which this book should live. Is that the starting point, Carl? Absolutely. So we have the constituent components of a title from our word frequency analysis, either using the free tool or the tool that we showed you yesterday. Um, so this has given us a jumble of words and phrases that we can now piece together like a jigsaw into the title of our book. And remember, we did all this analysis based on one, this is a market that exists. Two, this is a category inside Amazon that's really popular and it's not that competitive, so we can do well here. And three, 
these are the keywords and the key phrases that the existing bestsellers in this category are already using. So all we're doing is following on from the success of other people, pulling the data, finding out what already works. And now we're going to be building that back up. We're going to be using those pieces to build our title, to build our subtitle and to build the content of our book. And again, at the touchstone again and again and again is how we solve the problems of the people in the marketplace. And it's not a coincidence that most of the best sellers on Amazon have how to guide step by step these kind of phrases in their titles. This is the data telling us something here. We're on the right track. We're solving people's problems. We're showing them how to do things, how to, giving them a guide, a step by step guide, etc., um, to help them achieve their goals and get the result they want. Yeah, so so let's if you were to now jot down your outcome on paper, you'll have two things. Number one is a title and number two is a subtitle. That will be formed, or what forms that title and subtitle is based on the keyword research from yesterday. So your title, think about it as your main key phrase, the main problem you're solving. And then the subtitle will become how to or a guide to. So let me give you an example. We've, we've jotted down two to give you an idea of what an end title looks like. Now, let's assume you're starting a business or you're talking about helping somebody start a business. So how to start a business, that will become the main key phrase. That becomes a title. Think of it, how to start a business and the how to becomes, the subtitle becomes the ultimate step-by-step -step guide to starting a small business from business plan to scaling up. So here we use the phrase guide to and added some additional key phrases based on the research around that. Another example is the secrets to writing a successful business plan. That's the title. Now the subtitle becomes a pro shares a step-by-step -step guide to creating a plan that gets results. Now that could also read a pro shares a step-by-step -step how to process in creating a plan that gets results. So it's about using again, that frequency of keywords that appears most often. And that simply means, like I just said, that word appears more, most often when you take a, a set of data, frequency is how many times does that appear, just to keep the language simple. And so both of those examples, uh, Harms doesn't know this, but these are real books and these are bestsellers. Ah, there you um, go. Yep. And they both, I picked these almost at random um, because they they had subtitles and we can use the subtitles to put lots more key phrases in. Um, it's a little trick that we use on Amazon. But both of these used step-by-step -step guide. Uh, and the book that we published two weeks ago, I'm looking at the title here. We have Building Businesses Online. That's the name of our show. Uh, how to work from home. So how to is a key phrase there. Work from home is another key phrase. That's putting us in the work from home category. Business ideas and income generation. So both business ideas and income generation are more categories in 2020, okay? 200 plus different ways to make money online. Make money online is a key phrase from the BBO show. Um, so we used how to right at the beginning. We could, we could turn that into uh, 200 step-by-step -step ways to make money online, for example, but that isn't actually relevant to our particular book. So that would be pushing it. Yeah. And if you want access to that book, it's legit. The content in it is exactly what it says on the tin, 200 different ways to make money online, especially whilst working from home, especially whilst we're in this strange scenario, all you need is a Wi-Fi and a laptop connection. That is a link below. That book is not to make us lots of cash. It's to help you with different ways to make money online. Hence why it's on, on Amazon for less than a dollar or less than a pound.
Sure. Well, we'll actually talk about why it's online tomorrow and Friday, because we're talking about how a book fits into a wider business ecosystem. Remember, that's what we're doing here. We're not publishing books because we are authors. The end result is not book sales. If you make money from your books, great, fantastic. That's a really nice bonus. But we at the BBO show and also what we're recommending you do at home is use ebooks, use information as a an initial step in your value ladder, um, getting people to know who you are, to know how valuable your content is, and then eventually becoming your customers. And we're going to be talking about this, what we are doing ourselves, um, and we're going to be teaching you to do exactly the same thing. That will be mainly on Friday where we're talking about how our book and how your book sit um, at the beginning of your business funnel. Yeah. So Right now we need to get the book written though, and that's what we're doing today. Yes. So now let's t- talk about today's subject. We know what the book title is, but what, what is the best structure to use? What are different ways in which we can actually go ahead and write this book? How do we get it edited? And everything in between those three headlines. So let's first start with how do we actually outline the book? How do we create an outline of the book? Because the first thing we're doing is we understand we're solving a problem. That's all been sorted. You know, we've identified the keywords, which has given us clues in which problems people have within which, which within each category. Now we're moving to knowing that to the title, to actually working out what the content of the book should be and starting a process of writing it. So the first question is, how do we start? Now, we went through the whole process of writing a, a step-by-step guide a couple of weeks ago or last week, no, two weeks ago now, when we spoke to you about how do you create your first video course online. And we went through a whole step-by-step process from taking an idea to the process to finally getting a finished video product. The language is a bit confusing here because we taught you how to do that step-by-step. But what we were teaching you how to do was how to create a step-by-step guide. And so that's a little bit confusing. It's how you create a course um, which tells other people how to do what you do, how to learn your expertise. Mm, how to share your expertise yep. by by us teaching you the BBO show, sharing with the listeners how would you teach create a course in order to serve that problem, those market to help those people out as there well. We <laughs> um, so that's what we did. That that's what we did. So in that section, in that week, you know, we cover this in a lot of detail. That what we spoke about in that week can also be related to this week. It's just a different format, a different media output. One is video. This is the written book. Now, again, we're going to be bringing some learnings from that week into here so that you've got a quick guide in which you can start to create your book. Um, so it's all applicable, different output. That's the key. So, Carl, where do we start when creating an outline? Well, you know, when we want when we want to fill the book with content, what's the first starting point? Sure. So I've written a few books personally, and the worst thing is sitting down to a blank screen with that little flashing that little flashing icon like come on write something it's the worst you need to start with an outline because then you can sit down if you are writing it and we're going to talk about alternatives to this but you can sit down and just write once you have a proper outline in place so what we're going to try and do is make sure that you have your whole book outlined in great detail so that the actual creation process becomes quite simple whether you're writing it or not Um, and again we're going to look at three different methods for getting the book written so writing an outline super important how are we going to start first thing we're going to do is we're going to go back onto amazon and we're going to do our research and we're going to gather up 
all the potential topics we could be including in this uh, in this book. So this is like an Easter egg hunt. You're going out and you're finding as much as you can, and you're going to bring it all back. Um, and later, we're going to filter through it and see what we're interested in. So we know the general thrust of the book. We know what problem we're solving. We know, hopefully by now, the title of the book and the subtitle based on those key phrases um, that we just went through. So we're looking for topics that now fit under this title. What are the kind of things that people need to know about? What are the kind of skills? What are the kind of um, stories you could be including under this title in order to teach people how to do whatever it is that you do, do whatever it is that you are an expert in? Yeah, so so within so within this first section, so what we're saying here is, there's uh, we're we're giving you a three essentially a three step approach in order to create the outline. That first step is to gather up topics, and hmm. uh, what Kyle is saying is we're gonna, you know, we are, we know what we currently have in place, but what we're going to be doing is looking at Amazon. Is that correct? Yes, we'll start there. So again. What we've already found are key phrases that work really well on Amazon. Yeah. These are linked to certain books, certain bestsellers. These are books that are already selling in their thousands or their hundreds on Amazon. So we do not need to reinvent the wheel. What we're going to do is we're going to go back to our category view. Um, so if we were writing about how to write a business plan, for example, we'd go to the business plan category of Amazon and we have a look at the first 10, the first 20, the first 30 bestsellers in that particular category and in particular we're going to use Amazon's look inside um, feature which allows you to see a preview of the book we're going ah, to this is this is good I'm just going to press pause there because the the danger here is that actually you could go ahead and buy lots of books to start to work out what topic other authors in this category talk about yeah and there's no need to at this point okay um, in fact I would recommend the against it. Uh, so what we're suggesting is you use the look inside to see the chapter names. That's all you need. We just want to see what topics they are talking about. If you then go ahead and read the book, you're more likely to start copying their ideas, start creating something yeah. that's unoriginal, um, or as some people might find they get psychologically overwhelmed, like, wow, this person's already written such a good book. What's the point about me writing it? Um, instead, we're literally looking at the chapter titles. So for something like a business plan, it might be uh, best software to use, for example. It might be um, where to find a good template for a business plan. These are the chapter headings, the topics. That's all we want at this point. So we are borrowing these from the, the top books in the category because these are the topics that are being addressed in the books that are already selling. Yeah, so what, we, what we're not interested in here is the content of those topics. No. That's another expert's content. Whereas you must trust that you are also an expert. What we're looking for is topics that are already being discussed, just the headlines here. So that's why we say go into the Look Inside feature on Amazon, look at the contents page and extract these topics, these headlines, which will get us going and understand what topics are important to the marketplace, what topics have other authors in our category started to write about. That's the focus here. We're not interested in what's inside that, that chapter, inside that topic. We just want the headlines. Uh, I, I, I like the points that you've raised, Carl, which is it will it will send you down the path that you don't want to go down. All we want to do is gather up topics. Yep. We don't want to be copying. We don't want to be overwhelmed. We just need to get a structure in place in the first place to 
first way to get that structure in place is look at what other topics people speak about. Correct. And because you're an expert in your niche, you know about this stuff already. That's the starting point that we had. You're going to have your own opinions. You're going to have your own ideas on each of these topics. So what's the point about reading all the other experts? You're going to be wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You already have the answers. So let's say you're writing about fishing. Um, you're great at fishing. You want to help people get into fishing. Somebody might have a chapter title, which is uh, choosing a fishing rod. You know how to talk into that space. You've probably done this countless times with people who've, uh, who, who want to get into fishing. Um, so there's no need for you to go and research exhaustively what everybody else is saying. We're interested in what you have up here and how you're going to say it. Yeah. So, so to finish off this first section, which is gather up topics, our suggestion is you do the following. You get a piece of paper or a Word doc or a whatever document, e-doc kind of, I don't know what they're called anymore, that you want to use and start to write down the, t maybe look, our suggestion is maybe have a look at 10, 20, 15, 25 books within that category look do the look inside feature have a look at their contents and now start to write those um those content topics or the the headings down on a piece of paper so you've got a large list and there may be some overlap you may find that experts are talking about the same thing you may find some unique anomalies you may find some things that allow you to think about areas in which you are aware of but you may have missed completely if you had not done this exercise so your end end product should be a piece of paper with lots of different topics written down that's it for this stage nothing more than that then we move on to stage number two which is so stage number two in creating an outline we've just gathered up all the topics stage number two is structure um we are going to take all those topics and start to get them into some kind of order. We're not going to use all the topics, um, and we might even add our own topics, but the main point of this section is that we start to squish them all into an order that makes sense. Um, mm. So we're starting, it's starting to look more like a book now and rather than a series of random topics. Yeah, and there's two ways to do this, or two ways that you may commonly see this. So when you're doing the research um, of the look inside and Amazon and other authors and other book writers, uh, especially within expert fields, you may say that you may see that there's two methods in order to do this. Method one is that there is an order. You know, somebody has created a sequence. Number two is that they're unordered. Now, this will partly depend on what your expertise is, but we have a preference. So what is our preference? Um, and what are the two, two ways in which they can order their book? Sure. So my preference, maybe this is just how I think, though, but I think in general um, it's going to be more useful, is structured. It's to have an order. So instead of just saying, here's a bunch of information that you need to know um, in order to learn how to, to fish, instead of just saying that, you're saying, okay, first you need to know this, then you need to know this, then you need to know this. Having a structure, having a pathway, uh, through which to guide people through the information is always going to make it a lot easier for a complete beginner. Um, ordered tends to be a lot better than unordered, but it's going to depend on your particular niche. That's, and and, uh, always and actually, if we link back to the key phrases that we've already determined, the key words from yesterday, we've got how to and we've got guide to, which sort of paves the way for an ordered structure just by the way the title is. And what I mean by that is you're taking somebody from stage A, where they are now, to B, through the middle, 
into the end destination, i.e. the result and where they want to get to. But is that what you mean by order? Yeah. So I've just pulled up First Steps in Fishing, a Beginner's Guide by Rich Blackburn. Just pulled this up a second. I'm looking at the contents page. If I was to, if I was pulling topics from here, I can see they're already in some kind of order. I've got introduction, where to fish, fishing styles, fishing tackle. So that's kind of like general stuff. General purpose reel, bait, casting. So casting, that's the first time we're actually, you know, throwing our line out. We're going to start catching fish. And that's halfway through the book. Everything up until there has been uh, preparatory stuff. Next one is your first fishing chip. Uh, fishing chip. Fishing chip, you make me hungry. Your first fishing trip. Uh, basic float rigs, etc., etc., etc. So there is a natural order there. You wouldn't necessarily talk about, you know, going and fishing on the ocean which is quite advanced, before you have talked about what rod to choose or fishing by a river. Uh, I don't fish, obviously, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But there will be a natural order to most skills, to most things you can learn out there. Yeah, so so if you're thinking about this for yourself, when you've got, remember, stage one, you've got a list of topics, list of content headlines. Now, what sequential order, because authors may have put this into their own order, but what... What are the steps required within your field of knowledge or expertise that you can start to order these into? Is there a sequence? Is there a, a step one, two, three, four? Is there an A, B, C, D in regards to how you would like to present your information? And that's it. So the, the first method is an ordered sequential approach in which you can start to order these items. And you know, if you're doing this a document, copy and paste. If you're doing this via sticky notes, you know, have different topics and okay, that goes there. Actually, you know, that should go in that order. Again, these are all methodologies and methods and processes we spoke about when we spoke about course creation. Mm -hmm. So if you want to deep dive into this, we go into a lot more detail in that week, apply the learnings and lessons from that into this. So at this stage, we're just thinking about very simply, how do we order this? Now that's number one, the second way to do this. And again, it's your choice. We're just giving you the most common out outputs is an unordered method method and how would people go about this yeah so drawing on one of the examples from yesterday which was mrs i've forgotten her name uh, hinch mrs hinch's housekeeping tips is it mrs hinch mrs. yeah gina says it's mrs hinch mrs hinch um so the house cleaning tips for example that might be a book that may not be necessarily in order um so some people might want to focus on how to clean the bathroom. Some people might want to focus on how to clean a kitchen. Some people might want to tidy a garage while some people want to tidy up a basement. There's no necessary order there. Um, there's no priority. So maybe that kind of book will work better as an unordered book um, because everybody's going to be approaching that book with their own set of problems. So if you give it to them in a more unordered approach, it allows them to dive in where they need to. Um, so this will be relevant in some niches. The question and answer format works really well here. So basically having for each um, chapter title, having a question like, what's the best way to clean my kitchen? What's the best way to clean my bathroom, etc.?" And then having the information within that chapter. Yeah. And we, you know, by that, we don't mean to do a disservice to Mrs. Hinch's work or we're just looking at an example because I know she's got a fierce loyal fan base and i might be wrong maybe maybe it's ordered i haven't maybe it's ordered it. maybe there's an actual sequence in which to clean your house and your life up i don't know um but but we're just trying to give you an example so um 
I, I know what I realized as soon as I started speaking about Mrs. Hinch, Gina looked at me like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why, why do-? Don't you say horrible things about Mrs. Hinch. Be careful how you speak about Mrs. Hinch. We talk and- about yoga with Adrian as well. <laughs> yoga with Adrian. Yeah. Um, or she's thinking, why are you talking about all these women for? So that's another <laughs> uh, challenge. So she's left the office now, so I can say whatever I want. Okay. Now that's, that's the second part of getting your outline together. Number one was gathering up topics. Number two is putting those topics into either a sequence, i.e. an order, or an unordered or unordered uh, method. That's up to you. If we tie in with the key phrases, our suggestion and preferred method for you, which also makes sense, especially with an expert knowledge and sharing expert knowledge, is a sequence, is a step-by-step process. So that's the structure. Now, the final part in which to get your outline together is... Now, taking this slightly deeper, now now just getting this more nuance and, and getting some more information in place. And what is that final part for them? Sure. So we've gathered up all our topics. We have put them in a rough order, in a, an order a structure. Now we want to, for each topic in that structure, we want to start adding in sub points. So the end result, for example, let's say our first topic or our first chapter is choosing a fishing rod. Based on our expertise, we automatically would know two or three points we can put in there. So sub-point one might be, uh, why do you need a good fishing rod? Sub-point two might be, what's, does a, what does a good fishing rod look like? What is the perfect fishing rod? Sub-point three might be, okay, how do you go about choosing a good fishing rod? Sub-point four, where do you go and buy it, etc., etc., etc. The more sub-points you can put and the more sub-sub-points you can include, the more structured your book's going to be and the easier it's going to be to write later. So for sub-point, uh, one of those sub-points, like how do you choose a good fishing rod, for example, you might have underneath that three additional points, which are needs to be strong, needs to be flexible, and it needs to be, uh, you need to be able to pack it up and put it in the back of your car, for example. Mm, mobility, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I get that makes sense. Um, and the more detail you can go into at this level, the easier it's going to be to write your book as you move forward. Fantastic. So that's a, that's a really simple mechanism. So now what we're doing is we're compiling the information and what we're, what we're putting together is number one, a list of topics, chapter headings. Number two is a sequence of topics based within that. So, you know, okay, chapter one, step one, two, three, four, as an example, or the four considerations within that chapter. Now, within those four considerations or five or six considerations, there's going to be sub points. Sub points are exactly how Carl described. What are the three things to consider within that sub point, i.e. how do you choose a good fishing rod? Well, actually, guys, there's three um, different things to consider when thinking about choosing a fishing rod. Number one is strength. Number two is flexibility. Number three is mobility. Let's now dive into those a bit deeper. Now, that may be how you start to form those sub sub points so it's you'll see why it's massively important to do this up front this work up front because when we come to the writing process it makes things a lot easier so the message here is the more you can break each topic down and the more fleshed out your outline is the better it's going to serve you later now here's an important note we're not writing the book at this point we're not writing sentences out we're not writing paragraphs Oh, I think that'd be a great way to start that chapter. Nothing like that at the moment. We're just getting an outline done. That's what the stage here is. No now, sentences. Don't start writing sentences here. It's got to be one, two, three word phrases. That's it. Now, another objection as, as well as should I start writing my book now is 
how long should the book be? What is the length of the book? So let's just take a moment now to talk about how long a book should be. And again, our our recommended preference, uh, which we'll talk about when we're talking about writing the book. So what should we consider when we think about the length of the book? Because everybody's got a different idea of what the length of a book should be. Um, should it be a long, medium, short book? What does that mean for the end customer? If I've got a short book, does that mean it's not valuable? If I've got a long book, will anybody read it? All of these things will be going through somebody's mind, often based on books that they've read. And that's a starting point. I've read this book, and that means all books should be this this long. If there's anything less than that, then it, surely it's not a good book, and vice versa. Sure. So obviously the question, how long should your book be, is a loaded question. Um, as with most things, the answer is where it depends. Um, it depends here how long it's going to take for you to solve your reader's problem. How long, how many sections you're going to need, how many chapters you're going to need, how many points you're going to need to make for them to break through and start to solve their problem. So it does depend. However, as with, uh, as always, that's never a very useful answer. So we're going to give you at least a rule of thumb, something to work towards um, it's not going to be correct all of the time, but at least it's something, you know. Um, one thing that's good to know is the minimum on Kindle is, Amazon Kindle is two and a half thousand words. They've actually relaxed this a bit recently, so you can have things that are, you know, five pages. Um, but they might bring it back, I don't know. Um, they've always been a bit funny about very, very short uh, Kindle ebooks because people were just using them to publish sales pamphlets basically. well it'd be a sales brochure yeah it'd be yeah. just like yeah, like almost like a website landing page in the yeah. version of an ebook yeah so they used to have a hard limit like nope has to be more than two and a half thousand words that is no longer there but still i i wouldn't i wouldn't bother um publishing anything that long because it's not going to be very useful and uh, amazon might change their mind again and say no actually two and a half thousand words you're done um, yeah so so uh, so what we're saying is create a buffer so don't don't aim aim for the that minimum word count which is 2500 don't don't get to 2502 words and be like yep sorted yep. um because we are beholden this, to their rules this isn't school either not <laughs> yeah. for that word count dump <laughs> yeah done we'll hand that in never have to see that again yeah. um because again how you how valuable is that going to be to a to potential purchaser mm. probably less valuable because it's only a few pages um so as a rule of thumb Yes, this isn't going to always be right, but we're going to give you a recommendation. As a rule of thumb, aim for about 65 to 100 Kindle pages. The reason for this is this is going to slot you into a relatively new category. Um, it's been around for at least a year and a half, maybe two years, but Kindle's short read category. Now, short reads is anything between 15 minutes and two hours or four hours um, to read. That's the read time how long it takes people on average to get through it on their Kindle. A uh, hundred pages, a hundred Kindle pages is the maximum here. Now I'm saying Kindle pages because that will depend. It depends how large you have your font on the Kindle. So when when we start talking about a hundred pages, it's not necessarily the same as a hundred page paperback because a hundred page paperback has its own font size, has its own margin size. The number of pages required in a non-fiction book is different to a fiction book, etc., etc. It's very hard to compare. Um, there are calculators for comparing these kind of things, but it gets extremely complicated. So we will just stick with this 100 Kindle pages. Um, we want to land in this short read 
category because it sells really well. People don't read big long books as much as they used to anymore. This also works in our favor because we are creating a book that is part of a larger uh, business system. We just want to get the book into people's hands so they can see the value that we offer and then they can uh, escalate with us to our other forms of value. So this is perfect for us. We don't need to write a 600 page book in order to make our mark anymore, which is good news. Yeah, especially within this non-fiction category. Remember, we're not we're not writing a literary novel. We're focusing on non-fiction. We're, we're focusing on getting a point and information across to solve somebody's problem. And remember, one mechanism which we spoke about last week is to differentiate yourself from the competition. Speed is one of those methods. How quickly can you get your end customer a result will also be a big factor. So if you can get somebody a result in the recommended uh, less than 100 pages in the short read, that's a bonus. And it's also a good starting point. So the aim here is not creating a three, four, 500 page uh, book. We're, you know, if we can get the short and get into the short reads category and our selected categories, now we get an additional category that we can feature in. So that's a big win. That's a big win, especially in a place like Amazon and especially in a new category section like short reads. I imagine that's how they're tackling this mini kind of, mini book and also i imagine they realize that people want information quickly um and they can't hang around and get to the point after reading a three four hundred page book yeah so this is even doing well in fiction which is a really interesting trend mm. people are starting to carve their book series up into shorter installments um so it's almost like a, a serialization a netflix series a video series yeah yep yep so it would be a a one dollar book but you get your 100 pages and then you're like, oh, great, I want some more. Instead of publishing a novel as a five, 600 page novel, somebody's chugging through and they're like, oh, God, I'm never going to see the end. So it makes it more consumable, uh, more accessible to people. It's just what the market wants. Um, so there's no reason going against that. Mm. Plus, if you are able to show somebody how to do what it is you do, if you're able to solve their problem in a shorter amount of time, why would you need three to four times pages? I mean, I always have this problem when I buy a non-fiction paperback. The problem I find again and again and again is all the really good information is in the introduction and the conclusion. And then because the publishers need the book um, to sit on the shelf, they just, they inflate it. So the middle of most books is just fluff. Uh, non-fiction books exist, not all of them, but a huge amount of them. I'm reading one at the moment and I've just got past the introduction or part one. And suddenly it's like, well, where are we going? What, what's the point of all of this? Because I've got my value out of the book in the first 70 pages. And why am I reading the next 330? Um, yeah. So if you can get there, if you can show people how to do something in 100 pages, fantastic. Yeah. That, and and that's, that's the key. So when talking about the length of the book, um, you know, we know the outline. We've given you a rule of thumb. So that's that should give you a benchmark. You know, let's fall into the small category and find a balance uh, within that category as well. Not being too short, not not hitting the two thousand five hundred and one word limit uh, with the minimum Amazon limit, and trying to stay within a short read category. So not going over the hundred page limit. A balance there will be great, uh, and also creates a buffer for you. So here's the interesting thing based on the data. Um, so the short read category is from 15 minutes to four hours in length. So it starts at a few thousand words and goes all the way up to, sorry, not a few thousand words. It starts at like 15, 20 pages and goes all the way up to 100 pages. Mm -hmm. We want to land at the high end of the short reads category. 
So the data has shown that you want to land in the short reads category, so have less than 100 pages, but the ones that have closest to that 100 page as possible, they sell a lot better than the short, short reads. So you want a long, short read. If that you want sense. a long, short read. That, that, I mean, that, that's, that should give you the answer. So how long should your book be? Again, this is a rule of thumb. Ultimately, it does depend on uh, how long and how much information it takes to solve your customer's problem. That's the key. You know, that's why we started this section with that. Now, again, it depends. So that's not a useful answer. So we're giving you a rule of thumb to go by. And based on a current situation in the market, it's an opportunity to be entering right now. Yep. So that's it. So now the next thing to talk about is how do we get it done? I how just do want to quickly touch on the thing. We need to convert that. So 100 Kindle pages, uh, roughly there are 250 to 300 words per Kindle page. If you were typing in Word, for example. Yep. So that means that 100 Kindle pages will be somewhere between... 25,000 and 30,000 words. That's the the word limit that we're going for. Hmm. Okay, that's great to know. And if you use 100 pages as a benchmark, all you need to do is multiply by 100. So whatever your page word count is, multiply that by 100, and that should start to give you an idea of where you are. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's the length. We've talk, spoken about that in detail. Now let's talk about how to get it done. And what I mean by get it done is how do we actually write the book itself. Now we've got an outline, we've got the topics, we've got the subtopics, but the subtopics of the subtopics. We understand how long the book should be. Like we're in a good place. You know, it's it's all here on a piece of paper and we're getting closer to creating our value ladder at the start and entry point of our ladder, value ladder. So it's exciting. But now comes the daunting task of actually writing the book. So we've got three ways in which you can, again, it's up to you, but three different ways in which you can go ahead and write the book all have their different pros and cons associated with them. And then you will find which is more comfortable for you. So that's where we are. Now, Kyle, what are these three alternatives? And then we can do a deep dive into each one of those topics. Sure. So the three are going to be you write it yourself. Nice and obvious. The second is going to be uh, you hire somebody to write it for you. And the third is there's no writing but you speak the book and then you convert that into text. These are the three main methods we're going to talk about. Okay, fantastic. So let's 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 get started with the most obvious, which is, you know, write the book yourself. And I guess this is recommended if people enjoy writing. And I don't imagine that's everybody. Like, I enjoy writing, so, you know, I, I would tend towards this, although I know it's not the best method um, for this this actual creating a business and what this ebook's function is. But the reality is it will take you longer to write. And that's the reality. And this will make sense when we talk about some metrics within speaking your book versus i.e. dictating your book versus actually writing it yourself. If you go ahead and decide to use this first method, the most obvious one, which is write it yourself, I would say set yourself a schedule, a consistent schedule, which you can be held accountable. And it could be a daily schedule, a weekly schedule, i.e. Uh, for four hours every Saturday, I'm writing, or one hour every day between Monday and Friday, I'm working on this ebook. That's one way to do it. Now, another suggestion is to make sure you stay consistent, is get yourself a writing buddy or a writing accountability buddy. The best place to find that person is within the Slack group. So we have a private Slack group with like-minded individuals who are interested in building a business online. That group is free. The link is in the description below. And if you can't find a buddy immediately, 
my, if you hang out, hang out in the Slack group, myself and Carl can give you nudges, no problem. So that's the place to get or get started with an accountability buddy that knows w- what it is you're doing, you know, because you could go outside of our space, our ecosystem and say, yeah, I'm writing an ebook and people are going to start to put a downer on it. Whereas we don't put a downer on it. We know, I keep bringing this diagram up, we know exactly why you're writing an ebook. So we will ensure that you stay focused. So that's it, right? That's it for writing it ourselves. So what's the second method? So the second method is we hire a writer. Um, so whether it's a ghostwriter or a freelancer, they're basically the same thing. You're hiring somebody, you're handing them the outline, you're handing them the title, um, you're giving them a brief, and then they're going off and doing the work for you. So the previous one, writing it yourself, let's say you did manage to set a schedule of writing a thousand words a day, that would take you a month to do. It's doable, it's absolutely fine, but maybe you don't have that time, maybe or maybe you just don't like writing. So hiring a writer um, is a sensible thing to do because this is a professional writer, this is what they do, they're good at writing. Um, and because we've given them all of this prep work, we should be able to get a very high quality result. Um, so, so what's a prep, prep work? Well, it's a good time to define uh, all of that prep work because that is essential for having a good book or a good finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what are the, what's the hard work that we've done? Because a lot of people believe that the writing part is it. That's it. That is where the hard work is, but it's not. There's a lot of stuff that we've already done uh, in, in, in place to get ready for this moment. So we've done most of the groundwork for making sure this is a successful book already. It's working out what the market is. That's based on your, you know, your business niche. We've talked about in previous weeks about business and making sure there is a market uh, and you know what problem it is you're solving in the market. This is probably the largest uh, determinant of your success here. It's not going to be the individual sentences in the actual book. So you know your market. You've translated this into categories on Amazon. You've then looked at the books that are already performing really well on Amazon and we've pulled information from them. We know what key phrases they rank for. Uh, we've used this to build a title, a subtitle, and also to borrow the topics um, that we then spoke about in our outline. The outline is really the um, kind of the written documentation of all of this work. The outline that you're handing over to that writer is all of that groundwork encapsulated into, okay, first write about this, then this, and this, and this, and this. Um, and we know based on all that groundwork that this is going to resonate with the market and it's going to be of interest. Yeah, because the, the alternative is you you hand it to a writer and you say, um, I haven't done any of this prep, prep work, but this is the topic uh, I would like you to write about. Uh, can you crack on and write me a book? Yeah, well, you don't That's crack not- them anything. You're just saying, hey, uh, I want a book about business plans. Off you go. Um, <laughs> yeah and no doubt writers get that request oh, there's yeah. no doubt about it yeah yeah um, i mean you can do that it's just going to cost you a hell of a lot more uh, because they are going to have to go out and research and drop that outline and even then they're probably not going to check if it's a market that actually makes sense for you in fact they're not going to check that for you it's not their skill set no. no yeah so so from a writer's point of view all of that groundwork you've done up front is incredibly useful and incredibly helpful and would make everything more efficient so the actual writing of the book becomes a lot more efficient for them um because of all that groundwork and it's all that groundwork started on monday up to this point that we're literally talking about now so that's what we mean in terms of encapsulation and and carlos summarized those steps for you 
And you can even let the writer know. So the writer who's going to be on board with your project will be like, hang on a minute, this person knows what they're doing. They've done so much research and prep work. They're serious about this ebook. They, they, they're approaching this from the right place. They're approaching this with a business mind as well as just, hey, would you please write me a book and I'll just chuck you some cash, get the output done. Now, talk to us about cost, Kyle, because um, based on our research and having paid writers in the past, how much does this cost? Because somebody would initially think, oh, this is going to be really expensive, right? I'm paying a writer to write me something. Yeah, again, we're reducing the costs because we have an outline already. Um, but then the costs will also include things like proofreading, um, after it's been created. So it depends. You get what you pay for with a writer. Um, if you want a native speaker, obviously that costs more. If you want a subject matter expert, that's going to cost more. So for something like business plans, something that's quite technical, you would probably want somebody um, who has that kind of sub subject level expertise. And that is obviously going to cost more. So it's, again, going to depend. But in general, it's less expensive than you assume. Um, there's a lot of supply of freelance writers. There's a lot of people out there who want to write um, for cash. It's quite a, an appealing job because they get to work from home. They get to be creative. So there are a lot, which is good for you as somebody wants a book written. Um, in terms of getting prices, the best thing you can do is you can go on something like Upwork um, and post your brief. And you don't need to post your whole outline, but you can say, okay, it's going to be 30,000 words or 100 Kindle pages. This is the uh, subject. Maybe you give the, the chapter titles. Um, you can post that up on Upwork and people will send you quotations. On someone like Upwork, for a native speaker, I'd expect maybe a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars for that work. Now, no. there are also... Um, Alternative places, right? Yeah, there's places like bookwee.com that's bookwy.com or text brokers where again you would uh, send them your basic outline uh, and they they charge per 100 words generally um, so bookwee starts at $30 for a thousand words which would mean a what's it what do we say a 30,000 word book would be $900 okay so what's up 700 pounds or so and that, that's probably an entry level point yeah, that that would be um, one of their lowest level writers. I think their top level writers are about five hundred dollars for every hundred words. So that will end up costing you fifteen thousand dollars. Is it is it for every hundred words or every thousand words? Sorry, every thousand words. Okay, so every thousand words. So that will that will end up costing a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I guess what you're getting there is a quality writer, more research, um, effort, time, um, and I imagine revisions as well. You can go back and forth with them because that's that's a full-on project i mean imagine they'll be only doing that if they take it on board absolutely um that's probably the kind of thing you'd be then approaching publishers with and trying to get onto a bookshelf right now we just need something that is sitting at the beginning of our value ladder so we don't need to spend fifteen thousand dollars on it mm. um, it's and a hundred page how-to guide something that's quite simple um it's not going to require that amount of research because we've already done a lot of that we've done the outline um, we've done a lot yeah. of work already, so we should be able to get away with the uh, lower level. Absolutely. So lower level entry costs because we've done a lot of the work. Now, just to finish off talking about price and is it expensive? Is it not expensive? Because we're giving, giving you relative terms. We'll say, actually, somebody may be saying, what, £900 to write my first ebook, uh, $900 or what? You're talking about 15000 This sounds all quite expensive. Now, yes, yes, if that was 
your end product. If mm-hmm. that ebook was the only thing you're selling, yeah, then it, then it's arguable. Oh my god, I have to send, I have to sell, I don't know, say 900 copies for, to start to make my money back, or I have to, once I've given Amazon their split as well, something like that. Whereas, remember, we I keep putting this diagram upside down. Remember that the ebook is the first entry point as part of a business value ladder, as part of introducing your customer to a latest service. Now, your service up here could be a thousand pound. Your service here as a product could be three hundred pound. So, think about this ebook and the, any investment you pay today as an investment that will be later liquidated as part of this business value ladder. That's critical. We spoke about business in detail last week. And one of the ways to allow an entry point is for your customer is it's easier for your customer to enter and discover you via a 10 pound ebook or $10 ebook than your thousand pound service. But one client in this example could liquidate the cost of purchasing your ebook. Your second client now takes you into profit. So that's the way to approach this. And anybody who started a business or, or is involved in business would understand that there will be some requirement of investment in assets in advance, whether it's time or whether it's financial investment, um, there's going to be needed. But because of the business model itself, not becoming an author, but selling a product or service later down the line or a subscription like we discussed last week in BBO show, that will start to liquidate all of this investment up front. No different to investing and taking a loan out and starting up a shop, knowing that the product sales will start to pay that loan back and liquidate those original investment costs. It's the same principle, but on a smaller scale and in, the, in a digital asset. So hopefully that's useful in explaining and talking about the cost associated with things, whether you're spending it on a writer or whatever as part of this process. That's the way to think about it, especially from a business perspective. So that's the second option. Now, what's the third option, Kyle, in order to get our book written? Sure. So in this option, nothing's actually getting written. This is a very interesting and much more modern way to do it. So we don't want to write the book ourselves, and we don't necessarily have the cash to invest and get someone else to write write it for us. That's fine. So the third option here is to record. We record the book. We use our voice, and we speak the contents of the book instead. Um, Mm. This is actually our personal preference. This is what we do with the BBO show. We have a system in the background which is creating ebooks based on the content that we are producing through our discussions on this show. Um, And part of the reason for this is that we can speak way faster than we can write. Um, It's just, it's phenomenally quicker. So speaking, the average speaking speed is between 150 and 200 words per minute. We use, let's say, 150. So 30,000 words, which is the length of the ebook that we're going for, would take about 200 minutes to speak. So that's three hours, just over three hours um, to write 30,000 words. So, I mean, we looked at writing uh, 1,000 words a day for 30 days. So it would take you a month. And even then, you're going to be allocating two hours a day to writing, let's say. So the ability to get the information out of your head, which is where it is right now, um, and into the world is just much faster if you're speaking. Just yeah, phenomenally. Sp- so, so, so one thing here is we're what we're saying is we're we're going to record the book essentially mm-hmm. via our voice. And the biggest reason and the reason we prefer this method method is it's so much quicker. And if you think about yourself as an expert within your niche, 
you're often going to be very good at speaking about your subject. No problem whatsoever. That's probably what you do on a daily basis, whether it's a sales call, whether you're speaking to a client, whether you're explaining something to a staff member, whether you are having coffee with somebody, talking about your business, whether you've done a public speaking spot. These, this mechanism is where you communicate vocally about what you do. So what we're going to do is take this vocal ability that you have to be able to talk about your business and turn it into text by recording your book. And that's the key. That's that's where the focus is. And it's a lot easier for an expert to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So what's, you know, how, how, and again, we're not focusing on doing that via a script. We're going to be using the work that we've done up to this point, which is leveraging your outline. So you're not going to be writing a script because that defeats the purpose of this. If you had written a script, you you've essentially <laughs> just have written a book. You may as well stuck with a book. So we're going to leverage the fact that we are expert and we know we know what we're talking about within our outline, within our subcategories, within our sub subcategories. That's all come from us. You know, we've we've created the outline, knowing that we can talk into the space of that outline. Some parts you may have to research in, but the moment you've researched it, it's now as part of your expert knowledge. So hopefully that helps in regards to justifying why we prefer this mechanism and why it best suits experts, people who have knowledge, people who sell information, people who have a service, which which they have to explain to a customer on a regular basis. This is an incredible way to start that explanation process and educate your customer in advance. So what's the what's the mechanism? How, how are we going to do this? We spoke about why, why it's a great mechanism, but what is the mechanism? So the, I mean, there's a couple of technical ways to do it, but the basic thing we're going to be doing is going through our outline and speaking to each of the areas within our outline. Don't need a script because again, we are very fluent when we are, when we're in the spoken domain, we're able to talk about what it is our expertise is in. Um, so if someone asks you what the three main uh, the three most important features of a fishing rod are, and you are a fishing expert, you, I'm sure, could easily talk for 10, 20 minutes on these are uh, the three things you need to be looking for when buying a new rod. Nice and easy. You probably, I'm sure you can speak for an hour on the topic, maybe <laughs> even more. But 20 minutes of you speaking about the best fishing rod is about 3,000 words, roughly. Um, so that would be one-tenth of your book written in 20 mm. minutes of just you talking. Um so one clarification we're not talking about just recording an ebook sorry uh, an audiobook um audiobooks are recorded from a script we don't have a script we have an outline so what we're trying to do right now is just get the information out of our head and um into text there are two main technical ways we can do this um that we can quickly talk about the first one is talking directly to a computer um, using a tool like Dragon Dictate, uh, or I think Google Docs has its own dictation. Uh, and I put and I put a note in uh, a note in here as well. Microsoft Word has an incredibly accurate dictation tool as well. And so does um, I think your iPhone as well. You can just oh, yeah Siri. You can actually dictate to Siri. Um, the voice recognition technology has come leaps and bounds in the last few years. If you maybe used it ten years ago, and you're sitting there rolling your eyes now, like I, uh, there's no way I can dictate a book try it now they've become extremely good because the ai um, that's been used in in uh, voice recognition has expanded so much in the last few years 
So in this method, we are literally talking to the computer or our phone, um, whether it's Word or something like Dragon Dictate, um, and recording our ideas on that particular topic. Yeah, and so so just imagine this scenario. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be talking about fishing rods, um, the three things that make up a great fishing rod. Now, I would be sitting here with my Word document or whatever software Dragon Dictate uses. So Dragon is a paid software. Mm. It's great because it will start to coach the software around your voice. So that's a phenomenal tool because it starts to train itself and starts to understand the way you speak, your nuanced words, and it has some cool features as well. But that's quite an expensive tool. So you may want to start with something like a Word document, your iPhone, uh, Google Docs, something which has a dictation tool built in. So you press record and you just start speaking about the topic. The first thing to consider about um, consider when buying a fantastic fishing rod is the strength. The next thing is the mobility. The next thing is whatever else we've spoken about in this podcast. That's your expert domain. You will then start to dictate it. You'll start to see the text literally on the page start to form through your words. And it's incredibly accurate nowadays. And I would say five, six years ago when we tried this or we worked with people, clients who've tried this, it was very tricky. He just struggled to pick up the words. But like Carl said, it's come on leaps and bounds and it's a fantastic tool. So that's one way to do it. One way to do it is uh, dictate, direct to text dictation. You speak in the mic, here's a microphone. The software will convert that to text. Now it's fantastic. Another method in which to do this is the way that myself and Kyle actually use is leveraging the power of a pre-recorded podcast or video. Now, we shoot this video live and essentially if you look so let's let's show you an example of what we do if if you see the bbo show this is a live video show what we then do with that is pull a pre-recorded which is the show itself video file we've got a video file that can be turned into two things one it can be turned into an audio file which gets turned into a podcast great the next thing it can be turned into is text so again you can take a tool like dragon dictate or there's some other tools on the market as well you put this file whether it's an audio podcast whether it's a live show like myself and Kyla doing you'll put this file into the software and just as if you were speaking to it it extracts the voice and the audio from the file itself and then turns that into text again incredibly powerful and it's probably going to take slightly longer than the first method because what we're doing now is we've recorded live so rather than getting a live dictation we're waiting for the software to turn this into text and the software is extremely quick at doing this uh, very very quick minutes. Mm. Um, the i mean apart from the technical benefits of this the reason where this works really well is it because it increases the fluency because we're having a conversation now so Hamid can ask me a question and i can answer uh, more or less fluently Whereas if you are just talking to a computer, it's easier to kind of get hung up and um, kind of trip over yourself, especially if you're watching as it types on the screen. Whereas if you're having a live conversation like this, you're still getting information out of your head. It's just going to be a lot faster, a lot more natural um, than if you are talking to a computer. That's why we personally use it, but it's up to you. Maybe you prefer to do it solo, um, just with you and the computer and dictation. Yeah, fantastic. So now let's assume that you've used one of those methods, whether it's live dictation or you've done a pre-recording like this or a pre-recorded audio and you're converting that into text. 
So now let's talk about the actual text process. You've now got a download of all of this text. And typically, um, most softwares will just give you the text. That They won't spit the paragraphs. They won't spit the speakers. Although we're, we're looking at, if you want to know about some softwares that we're experimenting with, come ask us in the Slack group. Uh, we, we only share stuff that we've used and, and tested. So well, until it becomes one of our systems, then we'll recommend it to you. If you want to know what we're experimenting with, come and ask us in the Slack group. So it just downloads this all into text. Now that's not book ready. You know, we're going to have slurs. We're going to have erms, errs, rep, rep, repeated words. Gonna we're going to be talking about tic tacs. We're going to talk about tic tacs. We're going to talk about things that are off topic. Um, how the USA is taking over my newsfeed, things like that. And how I'm so pleased that my run yesterday actually did get recorded on the Strava app. Okay. All of these things that are unrelated to what we're talking about within a show like the BBO show is is going to be on the page. It cannot be omitted at this stage. So Carl, what do we do with it next? <laughs> we're making it a lot harder on ourselves by making jokes about it right now. I know, I know. We, we need to then go back to that text and we... We have this huge amount of information. We have this huge amount of text, but we need to sculpt that into the written word. Um, however, this is much easier to do than if we were starting from a blank page. It's like um, like you have a giant block of clay, and now we can shape the vase out of it, or we can carve the sculpture out of the stone. You need that starting material, and it's a lot easier to edit down than it is to create from scratch. So at least we have something to start with. So certain things like the ums and the ers and the slurs can be removed by computers. Um, there are tools, they will listen for the errs and just remove them automatically, so it's done. Transcription services will do that for you. There are two types of transcription, generally there's something called verbatim, which will include the stutters, the ums, the errs, uh, repetitions, etc, etc. And then there is um, edited transcription, which will take out those kind of verbal ticks. Um, the second type so the second thing that we have to do is remove certain things that will still get left in by the computer. Uh, for instance, the fact that I start a lot of sentences with so and then the sentence. That's not very pretty on the written page. Um, it's okay when somebody's speaking. It's not great English, but it's it's okay. And now everybody's going to be listening out for me to say so, so I'm going to get something. He says it 67 times an episode, yeah. yeah well, unfortunately, we can see in our... <laughs> when yeah. Because you can do um, you do a find all and remove them all from the text. You need to know what your own verbal ticks are at that point. Um, I know mine is so, so I would search for so apostrophe, which is how it shows up in the transcript. Cut them all out, nice and simple. And then we from this we have a more or less clear transcript. Um, we've removed a lot of the egregious ums and ers and sos and just the messy stuff. We would then send this to an editor to go through and to make sure the paragraphs are in the right place, um, start to convert the spoken language into written language. The sentence structure is slightly different, but they can at least edit from this point. They're not writing from scratch. And so if you are hiring someone at this point, it's going to be a lot more cost effective, a lot cheaper than if you started by just hiring a writer out of the gate. Yeah. So essentially in this final stage, what we're doing is we're, we're converting the spoken language into written language. So if somebody reads it, it's way more familiar than because of the, the two forms are different. If you read a spoken language on a written paper, it can seem unfamiliar to you. So we want to get as close to a familiar book for the end user as possible. And an editor can do this 
great. And again, the prices range to find an editor. You can go to somewhere like Upwork, you can go to a fiverr.com, uh, or you can have somebody in-house that you trust or Essentially, what we're looking for is somebody who can clean up the transcript. Again, we're not looking for a literary professional finished uh, novel piece. We're not looking for the ultimate piece of ebook. We're just looking for something that can be published and act as an entry point for customers. That's the key here. So that's it. that's why we use this whole process. We want speed. We want to get more content out. We want to get more ebooks out. We want to be solving more problems. And by solving more problems, we in turn can help more people in turn they help us by being attracted to our business the best way to attract people to our business is to solve as many people's problems as possible and the only way we can do that especially if you're a small outfit or an individual um, business owner entrepreneur the best way to do that is by leveraging systems and those systems can give you speed and as much speed as possible so today is one of those systems so wrapping up using carl's word so wrapping up today We've covered a lot, um, an incredible amount. And we've got some notes here just to, to jog my memory, which is look, we've taken our title and subtitle from yesterday, and we've used that to kickstart our content creation, what actually goes in the book. And the way we do that is first by putting together an outline. And that outline, we, we have three stages in order to get that outline in shape. We've got number one, we spoke about uh, getting all the topics, looking at other authors, getting those topics down, great. Then getting that book into a structure, an ordered structure or an unordered structure, depending on your mechanism. And then within that, getting subheadings and subtitles. That gets our outline, outline in place. Then we go on to the writing phase. We know how long the book's going to be, spoke about that. Now we go on to writing the book and we shared three ways in which you can write the book. Either write it yourself, either... Uh, dictate it or get somebody else to write it for you. Those are the three ways in which we did it. And we, within each stage, we've also given you our preferred method in which gives you the greatest speed to get you the greatest output. That's the key here. And then, and essentially by the end of this process, you're going to have a manuscript. You're going to have the core of the book. You're going to have a book which is now ready to be published. Enter that mechanism. And that mechanism comes tomorrow. We'll be looking at how we publish that manuscript, how we publish all of the hard work that we've done so far and getting it out into the marketplace, how we package it up to be sold specifically on Amazon. So solving that big mystery for people as well. Uh, Amazon, Kindle publishing and all of that kind of jargon, we're going to help guide you through that tomorrow. Uh, including that, we'll be talking about formatting, cover art, how we send things to Amazon, all of those nuances that people maybe are unsure of and they can't find the answers it's easily and simple enough we'll be covering that in detail amazing so that's where we're at that's a wrap up for today remember there's three things to remember off the back of the bbo show number one is to subscribe number two is to join us in the slack channel where you can ask us any question on the show and number three specifically at the moment is go check out the ebook that's been published a couple of weeks ago it's got 200 plus different ways with commentary and it doesn't matter if you've got no skill it doesn't matter if you well it doesn't matter if you've got no skill and it will apply to you if you don't have any skills to apply at this stage also if you've got professional skills creative skills and how to leverage the fact that you can speak english and make cash from that with your laptop online working from home all you need is a wi-fi connection so there's plenty of different ways to make money 
uh, whether you've got more time on your hands or you're strapped for cash at the moment, that's a great book and it's available on Amazon for less than a pound. So go check that out. All of those three things that I've just mentioned are in the link in the description below. So do enjoy those. Thanks for watching the BBO show. I look forward to sharing the next steps of your ebook creation tomorrow.